Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Crank that Hudson doesn't doesn't go well though. Not the same. What, what are the kids What are the kids dancing to nowadays? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I they're do doing not pay the, attention. They're doing the the rock. They're doing the the, the rock. The <laughs> I just want to rock, 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 rock. Oh <laughs> Somebody insert Hudson's name in there, and I, I just want a Hudson. Figure it out. Yeah. Pause. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's, it, listen, if you're if you're 17 years old and you know the new dances, please let us know <laughs> what to do. I've never felt older on a podcast than I do right now. My knees have cracked at least three times while we've been recording this. Um, so, <laughs> so with that being said, <laughs> I think we have our cold open. Charles Smith writing and rewriting history, first ever national title for Texas Tech. Welcome on, welcome on to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You were on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And 0-2, and, and it feels so terrible. Feels awful. Texas Tech did lose to the Oregon Ducks in the first home game of the 2023 season, losing 38-30. to um, In a game that Tech had. In a game that Tech had, which makes it feel that much worse. Uh, so to join me in despair, I got the people's champ himself, Jeremy Gillen. What's up, Jeremy? What's up, Albie? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's funny is that if you win that Wyoming game, then you're looking at this like, you know what, man, we, we, we did, we did our, we did really well. I'm super excited for the rest of the season, but you lost the Wyoming game. That's and so everybody's true. like, I don't know what the hell's wrong with this team. We suck. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> that's no, that's so true. Like, and it's funny. I got even like, that's so true. I didn't even think about that. Like if we win the Wyoming game, if we win the Wyoming game, I think we, we both had predict. I think we were a 14 point favorite in the game. Let's say we win that, that game 38 to 24, right? Nothing big, but 38 to 24. Hell, let's say we win that game 28 to 14. Doesn't matter. Um, we, we go into this game and we think mm, tech played well at home. Good job, good effort. You know, we, we still feel confident for the season. Instead, you lose a game you should have won, and you have two games now that you should have won, and you're 0-2, and it's like, ah, well, typical tech. Typical tech, man. And, God, it's so frustrating. It's We have plenty to talk about, and we will get to it. But, like, it's just so frustrating to watch in a game day. Kirk Herbstreit was like, you know what? Tech Tech's going to do it. I'm like, oh, my God, a gleam of hope. A gleam of hope. And he's probably sitting there watching that game like, I don't know why I embarrass myself on live TV like that. <laughs> I'm never going to come back from that. Made that choice. I'm a meme. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, it's funny. As the week went along last week, I feel like a glimmer of hope was increasing ever so slightly of – well, you know, Texas Tech's still talented. They can still, you know, do some things. Last week could have just been a fluke. It's in Laramie, Wyoming. It's high altitude. Texas Tech does have some advantages against Oregon here and there. And I did feel the tide turning. I think even the line turned a little bit um, uh, in Texas Tech's favor. 
right? And so I do think that going into the game, I wasn't as woe as me as I was the week before, right? And so, and as the game started, and we can let's let's go right into the game. As the game started, right? First things, the first thing that happens is Texas Tech goes out and hits a touchdown. First drive, you know, right from the gate, a nice drive, including a huge Tyler Shuck run for fifty-eight yards. Maybe we got some hope. Maybe, just maybe, we got some hope. Well, don't forget that you you kept Oregon off. You you it was a three and out pretty much to well Oregon not three and out but like excuse me, um you kept Oregon drive. off the board early. Yeah, it was, it was short a short drive. drive. You kept them off the board early, and so it was like, well, hold on, you know we this prolific Oregon offense, which I mean a couple of those runs looked like we were about to be mince meat for the rest of the night. Um, the talent level. There's a there's a big difference in the talent level. That's apparent. It's apparent. It was apparent the whole game. But when you started off and you got a touchdown, are you, are you saying it's, it was apparent for Oregon had a, had a, a more talent? Yes. You see, you I know, think skill wise. Yeah, as far as the receivers. Yeah, receiver wise, like. Yeah. Yeah. So I I will say that you know I actually didn't think it was a, a vast difference in talent between the two teams. Um, doing oh. the doing my my. The um, especially in the trenches, which you there's usually I think a lot of the times when Texas Tech plays some of these bigger name teams, you see that difference more in the trenches than anywhere else, right? I do agree with you at the skill position piece of it. Some of Oregon's skill position guys, especially you know like uh, um, were kind of balled out a little bit, right? Uh, Treshawn Holden looked really good in this game. Bucky Irving, of course, looked really good in this game, and so I do think there were some in that aspect, yes. But in the trenches, I thought Tech actually held their own and did pretty well. Getting some pressure on Bo Nix. Now, of course, Bo Nix was still pretty efficient, but it wasn't he, it wasn't easy for him to just go out and, and turn up. Um, and, and I'll say this with Bucky Irving, he looked good early, but they really started to stuff him and really ruin that O-line. I think the trenches is where Texas Tech was able to minimize the, that, that piece a little bit. But to your point, our receivers, right, tough getting separation. Even Duran Bradley, who actually for the day went 83 yards, and you look at his stats, like, okay, he had a decent game. There was a lot of opportunities for Bradley to have an even greater game. He probably should have doubled his receiving yards, but just missed opportunities there for Bradley and then for some of the other guys we have on the receiving core, just not, not that much. Or after we scored a touchdown, right? Oregon, back to back tutties, right? They, they hit a touchdown, you know, three and out touchdown. And you're like, ah, well, you know, momentum gone. It's there it is, yeah. there it is. But I, you know, I think my favorite drive of probably the entire game was after Oregon takes a 15 to seven lead. We have a nice, slow, methodical drive that goes from the end of the first quarter to the beginning of the second quarter. It is just play after dink and dunk play here play here you know we get that defensive the pass interference and we just move down the field a couple third downs a couple nice passes here a couple nice plays here and it was uh what was this a 15 play drive all the way down from the 25 yard line and you score a nice Taj brooks touch or a, a, a nice pass to mason tharp i mean right however this is the first kind of big decision of the game. You're down. Oregon went for two in the last one. They're up 15. You're up 15 to 13, right? You're Joey McGuire. What do you do? We talked last year about how Joey McGuire likes to play Madden. When I say play Madden, I mean play Madden on the field, right? He does things that sometimes a 12-year-old boy would just do because he's playing with, excuse me, playing with Mike Vick in 2004. But, uh, and, you know, a lot of times when I play Madden, if I'm down two in the game, I'm going to go for the two. I'm going to go for the two-point conversion, right? A lot of traditionalists say that you don't go for two unless you need to. And in the second quarter, you don't need to go for two. But 
Joey McGuire goes for two. Listen, I personally had no problem with the decision to tie the game up. Play sucked. <laughs> play, play sucked. sucked. Yeah, <laughs> not, a, not a fan of the play. Not a fan of the play. I didn't have a problem with the decision itself, but it is a decision that, we will, that will haunt us later in this game. Well, and I was wondering, you know, was in his mindset, was he thinking, well, Oregon went for two, so I need to go for two? Just tie it up. Because, yeah. Just. I think okay. that, I, I really know, think that was, the, that was the mindset. Oregon went for two. They got it. Let's tie the game up. I don't like that. I, I, and that's, that was me. I mean, if you're going to be bold, we, we're playing for a bold coach. I mean, fourth yeah. down, he's going to do it. Um, if you have to see a punt fake, but, you know, it's going to be in the cards this season. But I think that, like, so early in the game, I don't think you need to match. Personally, I don't think you need to match Oregon's game plan. I think that, you know, you're trusting in your defense. You're trusting your offense will stay. Well, you know, at this point in the game, you're trusting that your offense can stay. Like, that was a long drive. And I think something that was characteristic about last season was our ability to slow down the pace of the game. Because, like, we are known as this NASCAR, NASCAR, you know, hurry it up. Let's go. Let's get the people off their, you know, off their rhythm. But last year, we did a really good job multiple points throughout the season kind of slowing down the game and running out clock that we needed to run out like last year's game management joey mcguire is so much different than so far this year joey mcguire game management i just felt like we were just trying to play catch up to oregon with how they were playing like we were trying to match that when this really doesn't have to be our style yeah no and, and i think though i i have no problem with the decision to go for two i do agree with you in the fact that a lot of the this decision anyway felt reactive, not not proactive, not really trying to impose yourself. But to your point, it was well, Oregon's doing this. We got to match that. We got to stay up with Oregon. We got to play. They're they're going out to the to the sidelines. We got to go to the sidelines. They're playing a fast tempo. We got to play fast tempo. And instead of like you said, imposing, there were games last year, whether good or bad, we tried to really impose tech ourselves onto the other team. Right. A good example of that against Oklahoma State, we tried our best to impose ourselves on Oklahoma State. It didn't work out in the end. We ended up losing, but we still did that. Even against Houston, we kind of got outplayed in the Houston game, but we tried our best to impose ourselves on Houston. It just wasn't working up until the end. Right. But that's okay. But, but I, I, to your point, um, in this Oregon game, I do agree that we were very reactive. And you kind of saw that the rest of the way. And, and, and also, it did kill momentum. You had a great 15 play drive. Do not score a single point for the rest of the game, but a part or for the rest of the half. Sorry, um, but a big reason for that: a Tyler Shuck fumble. He gets sacked. He loses the ball, and that is turnover number one. If Oregon was doing the take three, they got to take. That's take one for Oregon. Um, and then, tell me if you heard about this before, Jeremy. A missed field goal to end the half. Now it was a fifty-six yarder, so let's not go too down on Gino for this one. It was, yeah, that's yeah. a tough field goal. Some it's, distance. It's, again, similar to what you were saying at the beginning of the pod, that had uh, Texas Tech won, beat Wyoming, it wouldn't have been a big deal. If Gino Garcia hadn't already missed three field goals, this wouldn't be a big deal. <laughs> so that's the kind of the guess 22. It's it's even things like a 56-yard field goal miss when you've already missed three in game one. It's like, ah, here we go again. College kickers, Gino Garcia, can't make a field goal, yada, yada, yada. So so there's that. So at halftime, you're looking at 18-13 going into the half. You don't have any momentum. You had, the last two possessions was a, field goal, was a missed field goal and a fumble. It's not looking great. But then to open up the second half, again, a great drive. Todd Brooks with a nice run. Great pass to Xavier White that gets all the way down to the Oregon Five. And then Tyler Shuck. What a nice little run up there. Um, 
And so just like that, boom, you're on top. You're on top. Second quarter wasn't great, but you're on top just like that. 20 to 18 because the defense kept you in it. The defense kept you in it up to this point. I never thought I would. Uh, you rarely say that for Texas Tech. The defense kept you up to the point, and just like that, off of the offense didn't deserve to be in the lead, but they were in the lead, 20 to 18. And then defense forced a punt, and you're like, oh, let's go Tech. Oh, momentum. But, Jeremy, do you know what kills momentum more than anything else? Turnovers. Take two. A turnover, man. An interception. Take two. <laughs> First play. Tyler Chuck inter- intercepted. First play. Very first play. Um, and just a uh, just a bad interception. Like, just an awful, awful. Like, I, I, Duran Bradley wasn't great on the play. Right, Duran Bradley. It seemed like they're. I, I was trying to. I, I rewatched this to see if there was miscommunication. Was he supposed to do a stop and instead he kind of veered? Duran Bradley, though he wasn't great in the play, that was an awful pass, just point blank. Mm-hmm. Right, Bradley wasn't good either. Bradley didn't run his route appropriately either. Right, and I would give Bradley maybe twenty percent of the blame, but that pass was abysmal. Where were you throwing that ball? Yeah, bad, just bad throw, bad decision, bad everything. Just like bad, bad pass. And a, a terrible touchdown. That is just an absolute momentum killer. Um, you know, so, but once again, the Texas Tech defense stuffs Bo Nix on a fourth and one, right? Huge. And Texas Tech, just like that, three huge plays by Tyler Shuck to score, t- including a great pass to Duran Bradley, score a touchdown. That's 27 to 18. Yeah. Jeremy, 27-18, Texas Tech looked, at this point, I think Tech looked like the better team. And we were going, and, and it was it was a party in LBK. Yeah, it, it, you're going into the fourth quarter, and, and you're thinking that Oregon doesn't have a chance. You know, we're, we're dialed in, well, the defense has got... We've, we've been here before. <laughs> we've been here before, but the fandom, I mean, oh. this, this electricity, the excitement, it, it felt everything, it, it, everything was going Texas Tech's way. Um, the defense, I mean, up to this point, you've given up 18 points to a team that dropped 81 on poor Portland state the week before, you know, this is a team that like top five in the nation last year for offense and you held on 18 points. That is, I mean, all the credit to the defense. You cannot take that away from the defense for a second. Like the defense has been actually playing really well this season. I'm hoping, and sometimes it feels like they are absolutely not playing well when we get beat on deep balls and stuff like that. Some of those passes Bo Nix was making over the top, you're not defending that. <laughs> just that I mean, dimes, absolute dimes. And so I was just I was just so excited of how well this defensive unit was playing. The stadium was electric, everybody was having a good time. Um you thought I thought that Oregon like so, was just not gonna get back in it. So I didn't. I, I thought the exact opposite. You know what I thought you're the exact waiting. opposite? You're waiting for it. I was yeah. waiting for it. And and I it's a feeling that I thought I, I prayed. You said things come in threes. <laughs> I, I, no, it was a feeling that I prayed that had went away last year. I prayed with the Joe McGuire thing and, and, and that, you know, we remember we broke the curse beating Mississippi State the year before. And I prayed it was a feeling that, you know, went away. That I no longer felt this, that the fact that this team has a nine-point lead in the middle of the third quarter, that I would feel like we're still going to lose. But unfortunately, when we, we, we scored that touchdown, in my head I was like, we're still going to lose. and Because it's typical. It's tough to – when you've been a Tech fan for this long, it's tough to break the typical Tech mindset. 
right? It is tough. It is tough to be. There's so many games where we're looking at this and we're saying Tech is up by two possessions. We should be favored. ESPN Analytics says we have a 70% chance to win this game or whatever it is at this moment. We This should be a, a position where we should be favored, right? Actually, I'm, I'm going to try to look up what, where actually it was at the time. Um, tech, at the time, yeah, at the time here, ESPN Analytics gave Texas Tech a 63% chance to win this game. And in my head, I'm like, doesn't matter. Yeah, it, <laughs> even if it's 98 doesn't it matter. doesn't matter. Like we're gonna lose this game, and it's it's. And I know people are gonna say, "Oh, well, you know, Albie's fake and all that." It's it's. I've been through this, and sure enough, the very next drive, as good as the defense has been playing so far, Oregon goes on a 17 play. They do the same thing we did in the first half: a nice, long, momentum killing 17 play drive um, that gets you all the way to the third yard, three yard line. Bucky, Bucky Irving drives it in, and so now it's only a two point game. You're in the fourth quarter. It is a two-point game. You're in a dogfight. Jeremy, you know the worst way to add momentum to a team that is uh, just scored a touchdown? <laughs> Make a terrible coaching decision. <laughs> Make an awful coaching decision. All of y'all have been listening to us for a while. You know how much I hate. Last, I don't care how much it worked last year. I hate going for it on your own side of the field when you don't have to. And on a fourth and two, and it's funny because the announcers were saying all day, well, you know, the analytics, fourth and if it's two yards, they're going to go for it. And the whole time I'm like, yeah, but yeah, they shouldn't go for it on our own field. Like, come on. And I thought, though he did it last year, I thought there's no way Joey McGuire will choose to go for a fourth and two on our own 33. We're only up two. We are up two in the fourth quarter. There is no, there's no way. He's not going to do this. You're up to, like, let me take You're a step. Two. Me, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I take a step. You're up two, and you have a lot of, op- you have a lot, of, it's not just that you were up two and you were on your own side, of, you know, side of the field. It's also that the play that you drew up, it just, it just seemed foolish. It, you didn't give yourself a chance. I just, I just, whoo boy. I, <laughs> I don't know a lot of you. I don't even care about the play. Like, that's just a bad decision. Like, it was a bad decision. You know, it's 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 one of those like, and I, and, it may, and if I'm trying to rationalize it, maybe I'm thinking they just went on a 17 play drive. My defense is tired. I need to give them more time off the field. Let's get this first down. Let's keep going. Maybe, maybe it's just not worth it. Uh, you know, let me take a step back real quick. I um, so analytics, right? The best coaches I believe nowadays can take all the analytics. And add perspective. Dusty Baker. I'm an Astros fan. For those listen, I'm a big Astros fan. A lot of Astros fans dislike how Dusty Baker has been operating this season, right? He's how dare him not play Yaner Diaz and 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 uh, Chaz McCormick, our sixth and seventh batter in the lineup. He's terrible because because he doesn't play the sixth and seventh best hitters in the lineup. But anyways, um, but the great thing about Dusty, Dusty wins in the playoffs because. As my voice, my volume here gets a little louder. Dusty plays in the play is great in the playoffs because in the playoffs he takes the analytics and says, "I hear see the analytics, I see what we should do, but let's put real world aspect on it. Let's think about the situation here and what makes sense, right? 
in my, in my day-to-day life. I'm an engineer. The reason why people hire us is because we're not just data crunchers. We take the data, we see what the data says, and say, okay, now let's put real-life application to it. So, Joey McGuire, I love that you love analytics. I love it. I think analytics is great, right? You got to put real-world application to it. You got to say that I know the analytics say that it's a fourth and two. We should go for it. However, I am only up two points. If I don't get this fourth down, it's an automatic field goal. Why the hell would I go for this? And you got to think about that. Unfortunately, he didn't. We go for it. We don't get it. And it's a, it's a like the defense plays well. They hold him to a field goal, but it's a field goal. It's a chip shot. It's easy. It's And they take the lead. Just like that, they take the lead. And again, so that's coaching mistake number two. That cost us, so we had the two-point conversion in the beginning, right? And now this three, this field goal, that's five points right there. Again, we'll rear its ugly head later. Um, so, again, Oregon gets a field goal. A, a nice play afterward, a nice drive afterwards. It's a 12-play drive. Tyler Shuck looks good, takes it down. We Gino Garcia actually hits this field goal. Nice field goal. It's 30-28. to 28. Um, but, but Oregon responds, and now we're in a battle. Defense, uh, Ben but don't break on both sides. Um, but you know who breaks Jeremy? You know who really breaks Jeremy at the end of this game? The fans. The fans broke. <laughs> the fans did break. Because <laughs> Tyler Shuck broke. You My and I broke. God. <laughs> Pick three, baby. Yeah. A pick six. Uh, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. The O-line wasn't great. They kind of let it through. But Tyler, bud, buddy, bubba. What you doing? What's going on here? Like you, you, the game's still like what is? What the game's in, still in hand, man? You're the mid, you're at midfield. What, oh, 35 seconds to go. Like you still got it, man. We're still in good time. They try to bring it down to one minute, but we still have good time, Chuck. And that play right there is why it's hard for me to even argue about about with the 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 70 of the fan base that wants morton i might be i'm i feel like you felt last year with donovan smith like i'm now on an island of like yeah i I think shuck should be the starter but how can i look at the 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 last interception doesn't i don't like people that are saying that he had four turnovers three like that that shouldn't even count sometimes i wish they would just adjust stats based on what actually happened but at the very least three turnovers all three no one else to blame but tyler shuck if somebody says that he lost him lost us the game it's hard for me to argue against it another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, he's a, he's a part of it for sure. He's a big um, part. It's a, it's a big, like, I personally have two people that I look at and, and say, like, hmm, ah, and he's one of the two. And I think you can guess who my other person is. But, <laughs> like, it's it's against your former, like, I can't imagine against your former team trying to prove them wrong a worse game for Tyler Shuck. Well, I can imagine a worse game. Uh, he could be Zach Wilson, as Zach Wilson is playing on Monday Night Football. Uh, but, <laughs> but you know, you know, the difference between Zach Wilson and Tyler Shuck? Zach Wilson's about to win. <laughs> 
Anyways, go ahead, Jeremy. The ending of this game was so frustrating. And there were a couple of times, there were a couple of situations throughout this game that the 38-30 really doesn't tell the full story of frustration and just weirdness that this game had from, man, Oregon did everything that they could on defense to shoot themselves in the foot often, right? You had that like early, I think it was in the first quarter, um, who was that? That Duran Bradley out there. Somebody just came. That one of the Oregon defenders came out and cleaned his clock for no reason on that pass, pass interference. Yeah, we were not gonna. You know, that was probably not gonna be a catch. So pass interference, and then we, you know, get to march down. And you know, on the other end, um, the game calling. The, excuse me, the game plan just felt very erratic and un- inconsistent. And there's some awkward percentages that we have to kind of address as as a football as a fans of this team. Um, and then uh, refereeing, like, okay, I'm not going to put the game on the refereeing, but there was a certain interception in the end zone that, that really was huge. Should have been an interception. Y'all know that we don't blame refs on this podcast, but that was huge. That is an interception, and it's not only is it an interception. I don't even think it's close. Like, I think it was an obvious interception. I think it's one of those you see, like, ah, our bad. Okay, let's go. Like, it, that was. I mean, that's a pick. That's that's a like what's the point of replay? Like those those are some of those like I personally I'm not a big fan of I think replay in sports has been a net negative, to be honest. Like sure there's some obvious things that have been great in, in the past however many years we've been doing replay, but that's just my opinion that I, I just I think it's been you know, I'm a soccer fan, V A R is terrible. Like stuff like that. But um but what's the point of replay if you're gonna get a play like that wrong? You know, yeah, like, that, I don't like, understand how they came to the conclusion. Yeah. They're like, Oh yeah, no. It doesn't make sense. So that's three points. That's, it, again, that's three. That would have that would have at the very least got Joey McGuire off the hook for the fourth down. But no, no, that's three points. And again, these three points are huge in a close game like this. Yeah, they are. Um, the entire, you know, and something that we really praised Coach McGuire about last season was his ability to close games, his ability to grit it out, to have a good game plan at the end, and to gain momentum when the other team doesn't want you to gain momentum, right? What we have not seen so far this year is gritting it out the end, gaining momentum when you don't want the other team to gain momentum. You know, is that Tyler Shuck? I think a very big majority piece of it is, sure. Now, Coach McGuire did say in the presser that he doesn't think this is a quarterback problem, which, okay, yes, you're addressing the other half of it, but, you know, Coach Kittley's not throwing the interceptions. Like, Coach Kittley's not trying to force that, and I don't know if you've got to see it on Twitter yet, but there's a couple of people who pointed out that pick six, you know, he had miles price across the middle wide open. Like, I don't know if you're not making it through your reads fast enough, man. I don't know if you're like dedicated to the, this is going to work and I'm going to make it work. Guess what? That hardly ever works. Um, you got to trust in the system. And if Tyler Shuck's not willing to go through the reads, if he's not willing, like, I don't know, man, like you have to say at certain, at some point, all right, you're just becoming a detriment to the team. I don't care that you had, um, you know, 282 yards and three touchdowns. You also had three interceptions. So as far as it goes, you're a net zero for me. Like those, all those interceptions led to points for Oregon. Like we, it's fucking, it, it was it's garbage. You're also running a bunch, you know, uh, from our um, home, from our uh, excuse me, from our mothership pod, the 10-12. They pointed out that right now. We're running Tyler Shuck 57 the, – the, the people who get the carries, 57% of them right now are Tyler Shuck. That's terrible. The other 43 are the running backs. Why have running backs? 
if you're going to just give it to – I mean – 23 uh, carries for Tyler Shuck is insane. It's too much. That's insane. It's too much. For Tyler Shuck, that's insane. Yes, he's not that guy. And if you run him that much, what's going to happen to the end when he's exhausted trying to force to do it himself? He's going to throw a big six. Well, here's the thing also. If we want a quarterback that's going to run that much, he's he's – I mean, we have a quarterback that's actually a good runner. Like, there is a quarterback on staff that can actually run. Actually, I would argue that almost all the quarterbacks we have in the QB room might be better runners than, than Tyler Shuck. Like, it's not a – I'm not saying he's a bad runner, but that's not what he's can't known for. That's not what we need him for. That's not what he won the quarterback battle. wasn't because of his legs. He's just bigger than the other quarterbacks. But, like, that's not – I would trust Bo Nix to run more than I trust Tyler Shuck to run. Like that's I, I, yeah, I absolutely don't agree with that. And then Todd Brooks only ran the ball six times. He balled. Like, what's going on here? What is going on here? Like he, he like it just he had almost double the amount of yards as Bucky Irving, mostly thinks that thirty five yard run, with like half the carries. Like, come on, man. What's what is going on? It, it's just it's this is poor game management. Um and that exactly falls on Zach Kitley. Like we talked about how I said on this podcast and an Oregon podcast that what you're going to have to do in this game is get more creative. But I think what Kitley did was he just doubled down on what he thought was going to work because, um, you know, it, it should have worked against Wyoming, but now we're playing Oregon and they're going to expect us to do something different. So let's do more of the same. Um, I don't understand the logic. I don't understand the logic behind overworking your quarterback and putting him in positions where he's going to fail. So, Jeremy, you know, I'm actually surprised you didn't like his play. Because you know who he reminded me of? Donovan Smith. <laughs> the, way, <laughs> the way he played, the, like the plays that were called for Tyler Shuck, a lot of short and intermediate passes, um, some slants, some out some out routes, trying to use some of that arm strength, even though he it, it, the zips are not, as, not really there. And QB runs, that is the Donovan Smith package. Right? And so, it's so it, it, again, if we're going to do well, that, like, why is the Donovan Smith package? Why, why is Donovan come? Smith in Houston? Yeah, yes. exactly. Like that's we, I, the point of having Tyler Shuck as a starting quarterback is to be aggressive and push downfield with an, with a quote unquote accurate quarterback that can do this. Right. And if he's not that, I got real questions. Like, you know, I had this thought yesterday as I was, or uh, Sunday, as I was thinking about that game, Back in 20, uh, what year was this? This would have been 2014. Uh, back in 2014, Davis Webb was the starting quarterback for the Texas Tech Raiders. It was known. Like, Davis Webb was the guy, right? Um, a, a, an unknown freshman uh, out of East Texas was his backup. It was a true freshman. Nobody knew about him. But Davis Webb was the guy. Everybody knew Davis Webb was the guy. Um, and Davis Webb had a not as successful sophomore season. Like as the season went on, there were some things he was working through. You could see his flashes of talent at times, but as the se- as the season went on, you were like, man, something's like Davis Webb isn't as good as we thought he could be. Right? Like there's certain things that we were seeing in that game where I'm like, mm, like David, what's, what's going on here, right? Uh, and then he gets hurt and the backup comes in and the backup has a pretty bad first game, right? So Davis comes back and then Davis gets hurt again. And then he Davis is out out and that backup has starts getting better and better and starts to really ball by the end of the year. So much so that the highest-rated quarterback recruit we ever had, Jared Stidham, decides, yeah, I'm not going here. I'm not going to go to Baylor because I'm not going to play with this Pat Mahomes guy. right? And so part of me, now I'm not saying 
Baron Martin is Pat Mahomes. I'm not saying that. But a small part of me wonders, are we are we letting the better quarterback sit because Davis Webb hasn't been hurt yet? Right? Because Davis Webb because if Davis Webb never gets hurt, we never see Pat Mahomes that year or maybe even the next. Right? Like that like like that's that's the crazy thing about it is though at the time Davis Webb seemed to be the guy, seemed to be the starter, seemed to be everything that we needed for him to be. But Baron Martin, that Oklahoma State game really kind of, though he got hurt and he didn't play as well at the end of it with that ankle stuff, man, did he ball. And it's just a small thought. I'm not saying this is the case, but a small thought crept in my mind Sunday of are we letting Davis Webb ride it out when we have Pat Mahomes sitting on the bench? You know, oh, my God, like – that's a dream scenario for sure. I am so I am so interested in this Tarleton game. I do think Shuck comes out first, no problem. I, I'm I'm wondering at what point they're putting Morton in. Um, do we get a half of Shuck <laughs> and a half of Morton? Let's not get too crazy now. We still got to beat Tarleton. <laughs> that's what, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, no matter the outcome, like your fan base, you got to believe that your donors. Right, your big wigs. Like people want Morton and I I have been against it and I'm still against it. I'm still kind of on our train of like, if you're gonna bench QB one, that's gotta be it. That's it. Like you can't go back. Hey, go and so but at this point with the way that Tyler Shuck and I man, I really hated that AJ article that was like Shuck proves that he brings to the run game what you need. I'm like, no. Because if you was a running back and he gave you four turnovers, you're benching his ass. <laughs> I mean, why does he get a pass? Why does he get a pass? Because he's the senior? Because he's worked hard? Because he's been injured? I don't... Look, it's a business. If he was in high school, fine, whatever. Play the romantic storyline. But it's college, and you've got millions of dollars poured into this, this program. You've got fans who have been the most excited they've been in decades for this program. You cannot... As a coach, you cannot look at a performance like this and be like, eh, you know, it's not really, Shuck's not really the problem here. I'm like, no, he is. He's definitely part of the problem. It's, Say it's, it. It's hard for me to disagree with you that Shuck was the, on, against, like, against this game, right? Like, Wyoming, there was a lot of stuff, and it was, like, we pointed to Kelly, we pointed to other stuff. And it was, this, this Oregon game, and I, when I first ended the game, I, I wanted to blame McGuire because I just, those two decisions were, were, yeah, those to were me, big awful um but then as i reeled in i'm like man there's really nobody else to give the majority of the blame to (laughs) there's there's nobody else like there's like this is one of those games where you're like we with a better quarterback play we win despite the mcguire things despite kitley playing despite all that with a better quarterback play we win the game when did we forget that when the play breaks down just throw it out of bounds when did we forget that I was like, it doesn't, you know, the play breaks down. You don't have to run it every time. You know, you may, what a novel if you concept. see, if you see green pastures, go for it. But you don't have to like brute force every play just because it breaks down. Quarterbacks for eons before you have not done so and have gotten a lot farther and quarterbacks for eons after you will do the same. Just throw it out, man. Like live to play another down. Take away one of those turnovers, this is a this is a much different game. Take away two of them, you're probably winning. Okay, you li- Oregon didn't have a single turnover, a single turnover, and I'm just like, 
you know, ah, that's the only mark on the defense is that we couldn't create turnovers, but I'm not going to put it on them because what they didn't do is they didn't allow Oregon just to blow up offensively. And so it just comes back to the offense, man. It comes back to the offense, and most of it's on Tyler Shuck. So I guess we got to, you know, that's going to be kind of the, what are we waiting to hear and see about how the quarterback play kind of, or who ends up being QB1 with Tarleton? Really, I say the person who needs to be QB1 is the person who goes out and goes to charliehustle.com and buys some of that new Charlie Hustle swag. That's what I say, right? Because that's where this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Charlie Hustle Clothing Company. Uh, Charlie Hustle, as you all know, they're a vintage-inspired clothing company based out of Kansas City. They specialize in collegiate and hometown apparel. So that means that they specialize in Texas Tech stuff and our boy Pat Mahomes. Uh, Charlie Hustle wants you to be the best-dressed fan this season, so be sure to check out their wide selection of officially licensed collegiate apparel today and show off that Texas Tech spirit all season long with plenty of schools to choose from if you want to just you know have dirty rags in your closet uh, but if you really want to show out make sure you get they, they have you covered with all the Texas Tech stuff and all of your collegiate apparel needs so shop today at charliehustle.com using the network promo code 10 12 15 that's ten one two one five to get 15% off of all non-sale items again that's 10 Twelve fifteen for fifteen percent off. Charlie Hustle, vintage made fresh. Um, them's our boys. Them's our boys. So, uh, yeah, I just, I just a completely terrible game, Jeremy. Um, and it's and it's crazy because it's not terrible because we played bad. We actually played up to the level, and like we said, we should have won the game. And, but that makes it hurt that much more. And again, typical tech. This happens so often. TCU back in 20, what was that, 2015? 20, yeah, 2015. Like, there's so many games where you're like, oh, man, we shouldn't have even been in this situation, but we should win. This game is here for the taking. Oklahoma against ba- Baker Mayfield. The game is here for the taking. And again, typical tech. We just can't get it done. Um, but you know one thing we did get done, Jeremy? We got that Micah got Hudson commitment. We got it done. We got it done. That Micah Hudson commitment. Micah Hudson, the highest rated uh, prospect to ever commit to Texas Tech. Uh, the number six rated recruit in the class and climbing. Like that every time he plays a game, they're like, ooh, we got we to gotta raise him up the rankings. Uh, he actually was on ESPN this past Friday uh, because his Lake Belton, was playing Red Oak, um, which I didn't realize either team were good enough to be on ESPN, but so was Bishop Sycamore. So who, I guess it just ESPN just giving out games. But um, but what was great about Michael Hudson is that he was breaking them boys down. I feel I felt bad for South Dallas because Red Oak was getting whooped by Michael Hudson and that Lake Belton team. He was, I mean, it's the worst kept secret that Michael Hudson was going to be committing to Texas Tech, but he made it official. He is a hard commit. A shout out to Justin Johnson for getting him to come over to Texas Tech. But huge, huge, huge huge commitment and a gripe that i always have with these recruiting comp- recruiting services because this is going to be the first five star to ever commit to texas tech um we've had others uh braden Fahoko was a five star at one point um i even believe jack anderson was a five star at one point uh, what ends up happening is, is they're five stars they commit to tax and they drop a, a star michael hudson's so good they can't even do that to him <laughs> they can't do that to no him. uh what an incredible get and we were i mean in june we kind of were like oh okay this is going to happen. Like that's when it really started. Everybody getting excited. I made our graphics, which was hilarious because I didn't get to use the second one till now. But um, love, I love the energy. I love the, you know, he's got a lot of personality. He does. Um, he does. He is active. He is active. He's the most active recruit I have seen on Twitter in the best way, man. Like everybody, and you know, Texas fans, 
I haven't seen a Texas A&M fan say anything about him, um, but Texas fans, as soon as they see he comes to Tech, right? Oh, well, he just wants to be in a big fish in a small pond. He wants this, that, and the other. He was not really going to make it here, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, of course. And of to course. see Micah take time out of his day to go through with some of these people <laughs> and roast him. I think it's been fantastic. I think he's really been kind of playing up the, you know, playing up the brand of this and just... He's all in on Texas Tech. I've heard you know he's visited Lubbock uh, at least a dozen times. He loves it here. He really believes in what McGuire's building, um, which is a huge nod for your for your program, especially a five star committing when you're zero and two. Yeah, he he was and he was at the game, and I, I think a lot of people look at recruits and they say, oh well, how can he commit after a loss? That is not what recruits care about. Like like to be honest with you, recruits want to win. Don't be wrong, but them losing. Obviously, it's not ideal for them to lose when you're on campus, but that a recruit that makes that decision based on whether you won or lost while you're there, that's probably not a recruit you want, right? It's, it's all about the experience and everything. I think what's more important for a guy like Michael Hudson and really all recruits that were there, because there was a lot of recruits there, you know who was just who was just as big a recruit as Michael Hudson? Aliyah Chavez. Aliyah Chavez, who mm-hmm. was an unofficial recruit or an unofficial visit, because like, she lives in the town, so she can visit anytime she wants to. But <laughs> but uh, the number one player in the t- class of 2025 for, for the women's basketball, uh, she is killing it for Monterey. Just, I, I saw her on ESPN the other day. Actually, she was part of that uh, the Nike Slam tournament. She is a baller. And uh, so she was also at the game. So a lot of women's basketball, men's basketball recruits were at the game. And so all they see is a packed house. That's all. That's what they see. They see 60 or, or almost 70,000 fans rooting on the team. They see a good game. They see that win or lose, the team is supporting the, the fans are supporting the team. They're like, man, this is an environment I can be a part of. If you're Michael Hudson, you're like, yeah, the tech lost. But when I'm here next year, maybe that's not going to be the same thing. Or even in two years, maybe that's not going to be the same thing. Right? So absolutely huge get. Um, when you're the number six recruit in the country, in the country, the type of people that are giving you offers, I mean, it's not it's it's everybody, right? It's LSU. It's Michigan. It's it's you know Auburn. You know who else it is? It is Alabama. And Alabama went after him hard. They went after him tough. And you know who else it is? Of course. You already mentioned them, both Texas and Texas A&M. Texas at one point felt very confident they can reel in Micah Hudson. And here's the thing about Micah Hudson, as good of a recruit he is. There's some recruits that Texas sometimes lose out on that they're not really that upset about. Right? There's some three stars they may want. They're like, you know what? We're okay. Or four stars. Even they say, eh, we lost them to to A&M or to TCU. That's fine. They wanted Michael Hudson bad. Don't let them fool you. Don't let the fans fool you. Don't let, they wanted Michael Hudson bad. Michael Hudson was also going to be the crown jewel or one of the crown jewels of the Texas recruiting class. Right? Anybody that tells you different, they are lying. Right? He was going to be the crown jewel. Actually, I think he would have been their highest rated recruit of this 2024 class. And instead, has that ever happened, Jeremy? Or Texas Tech has our highest rated recruit is higher rated than Texas's? Highest rated recruit because that's his highest rated recruit is Colin Simmons. As I'm looking at it now, Colin Simmons actually was also somebody who was looking at Texas Tech potentially. So, but that's their highest rated recruit right now is Colin Simmons. And Colin Simmons is great, he's an incredible, and he's going to be a, somebody we're going to have. Well, I guess we're not going to have to worry about him, but <laughs> he's going to be somebody that SEC is going to have to worry about for a while. Um, but I, I don't know if it's ever happened where Texas, I don't think it's ever happened where Texas Tech's highest rated recruit is a higher rated recruit than Texas's, and that's beautiful. Truly is beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So um, now I want to see if, uh, hold on a second. Is it? Our highest rated recruit is higher than Alabama's highest rated recruit. Look at that. 
Texas Tech to New Alabama. Jeremy said it here first. Ah, you bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so with, L, with a Texas Tech L, we get a Texas Tech dub the next day. It's incredible. You know, uh, it's, but ba- it, it's balance, baby. Yeah, balance. But it is the, truly the worst kept secret. I mean, Texas even gave up on him like two months ago. Uh, <laughs> I think it was. I think it was known here that he was going to be coming. And as we talked about at the beginning of the episode, uh, we need some wide receiver help, right? I think wide receivers. There's still some still some work they're going to have to be doing this weekend uh, as we get ready for Tarleton State. Anything else you want to say to the people, Jerm? Uh, Micah Hudson was not the only person in attendance this weekend. Remember that we had commit Will Hammond who's going to be a quarterback for us um, in the coming years. Um, pretty good, pretty good, pretty decent. We have, um, of course, around Will Hammond, you got a bunch of people who are going to probably help out this offensive line, right? we got Ellis Davis, uh, Holton Hendricks, Jack at Ponton, and then Cason Long um, around him. And just, you know, good atmosphere. Really appreciate that. I know that they all had a good time. You think it's a coincidence that all these O-linemen and the quarterback were happening to be here the same week that Michael Hudson was there? Hey, you know, that's just how the flights worked out. That all had already committed and was like, hey, man, it'd be really cool if you committed with us. (laughs) It's, uh, you know, commit party, commit train. (laughs) So I will say Will Hammond and Micah Hudson have actually been working out quite a bit together. Um, So that could be. That could be a, a fun new new duo duo that we have here. Um, You know what would be an even funner duo? Baron Morton and Micah Hudson. That'd be fantastic. Oh, Oh, that's oh the Hammond. There it is, Hammond and nice little pick there with Hammond and uh and Hudson right there. Hammond and Hammond and Hudson. Hammond and Hudson. I like, I like it. it. I like it. Um, it could be the new Harold and Crab. Who knows? Hey, who knows? Who Crank knows? that Hudson doesn't doesn't go well though. Not the same. What, what are the kids? What are the kids dancing to nowadays? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I do not pay the, attention. They're doing the, the rock. They're doing the 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 rock. The <laughs> I just want to rock, 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 rock. Oh, my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Somebody insert Hudson's name in there. and I, I just want a Hudson. Figure it out, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's, Get us out listen, of here, if you're, if you're 17 years old and you know the new dances, please let us know <laughs> what to do. I've never felt older on a podcast than I do right now. My knees have cracked at least three times while we've been recording this. Um, so, <laughs> so with that being said, <laughs> I think we have our cold open. With that being said, this is for the people's chef, Jeremy Gillen. This is your boy, Albie Shore. And you have been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.